Hi, my name's Emily and I'm an osteopath and healthcare enthusiast working in the Midlands. I spend every week helping my patients reduce their aches and pains, move their bodies more and live the healthiest life possible. And now I want you to join the conversation. In this podcast, I'll be investigating the people and places around the Midlands that are on the same mission and ask them to share their knowledge to transform your health. There's no subject that's off topic. Nutrition, mental health, sleep and fitness, it's all here. This is the Healthy Midlands Podcast. So what you all have just missed is Lizzie giving me a lovely rendition of song to check that her microphone is working. Um, But I am joined today with my lovely colleague and friend, Lizzie Waters, who is a sports therapist at Ebrook Osteopathy and Sports Clinic in both Litchfield and Sutton Coalfield. Hi, Lizzie. Hello there. So today, Lizzie and I are going to talk about a whole bunch of things, triathlons, marathons, and then we're going to come on to Lizzie's favourite topic of the moment, gait analysis. <laughs> Indeed, yes, my favourite topic. <laughs> so let's start off from the top, Liz. Like, how did you get into being a sports therapist? So um, I was working in distribution, and then at the age of 21, I decided to become a runner, which my dad got me into and I went off down to park run at Warsaw when it first started and then all these little old ladies overtook me and I thought oh I need to get fit so that's when I started my running adventure and from that I was picking up injuries and stuff like that and then I started reading up about injuries and I was really interested in it and then I decided to have you know, going to something else work-wise. And then I thought, I'll go back to college. And I was looking at different degrees. I looked at podiatry and physio, but it was sports therapy that really I found would have given me the things that I wanted to learn with about the injuries and sports and all that kind of stuff. It was interesting because I can remember you at this time of your life. I had met you because you were a patient of mine in our original... Sutton Coalfield Clinic on Boldmere Road. Yeah. And I can even remember quite specifically the day that you came in and you were lying on the treatment table <laughs> and you were like, I'm going to college. I'm going to be a sports <laughs> therapist. And even on that day, I can remember thinking, she's going to be such a good one. I'm sure you actually went to me. You can have a job here when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> and then <laughs> three years later... <laughs> Yeah. Lots and lots of <laughs> hundreds of study hours and practice hours later. Yeah, I'm here. You're here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Funny how it all turned out. Exactly. Yeah. But now you are here and obviously your knowledge in running has grown like exponentially since you were 21 um, and you first started. How is it that you've gone from park run to finishing, I'm going to get this wrong, it was like in the early 300s in the Staffordshire Half Ironman. Yeah. What was your exact placement number? I think it was like 320 something. I mean, that's accomplished, isn't it? You've got about a thousand participants on the day and you're coming in in the top 40% of them Mm. easily. Yeah. Um, How do you go from being a park runner where people are overtaking you and you're picking up all these injuries to half Ironman finishing that high up in the participants? Yeah, it's just consistency. So consistent training. And 
obviously I enjoy it. So it doesn't, it's not really like a chore. It's more like my hobby. Like, I love it. I know you can be in a bit of a bad mood at work sometimes when you haven't been out for a run. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so to be honest, I got into the swimming due to injuries from running. Mm. So when I was injured from running, I would just swim instead. And I was quite a good swimmer. And then when I met my boyfriend, Mark, he was like, oh, why don't you try triathlon? Mm. So I just thought, oh, yeah, I'll just give it a go. <laughs> And so he was kind of like the inspiration of getting into triathlons. And you yeah. Did a, you did a few of those before Corona, didn't you? I'd done two triathlons before, only little ones though, just sprint ones, but that was years ago. Um, and then I just focused on my running. And then I just thought, oh, I'll try a triathlon and why not do a 70.3? <laughs> <laughs> why not? So what was that like when you made the decision to enter the half Ironman? I was excited about it. And obviously it got delayed because of the pandemic. Yeah, the training was hard, but I enjoyed it. Did you? How did you cope with the, like the, the sliding timeline of thinking that it was coming up sooner and then having it pushed back in terms yeah. of your training? Did you have to like taper and then come back into it? or That was hard because I was ready and then it moved by like a month and there's a whole month more of training. Mm. But I kind of just like went through it and just lived with the fact that I was going to be tired. Because <laughs> it is, it's a massive energy sap. Yeah, isn't yeah. It? You're giving a lot to your training regimen and to have that extended for a month and like right at the end when your training volume is the highest, I can't imagine. Yeah, it was hard work, <laughs> really hard. I think I had a, a week or two where I didn't do as much. Yeah. And then another two harder weeks, but I got through it. It was fine. Were these the same <laughs> weeks where you were like smashing your own feet with the shockwave machine? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Lizzie, um, for anyone listening who wouldn't know, Lizzie's got a bit of a, a reputation for self-treatment in our clinic. And um, sometimes you hear the shockwave machine going and you think she's got a patient in the room, but she doesn't. Lizzie's just using it on her own legs. I am the patient. <laughs> Um, now we kind of discover the hidden reason why you wanted to come and work here is the <laughs> unlimited access to the shockwave machine. <laughs> How are you liking using the shockwave machine in clinic? No, I like the shockwave, yeah. I find it has good results with certain injuries. It's helped a lot of people with plantar. Yeah. Um, mean, and tennis elbow and things, yeah. We, we got, so the shockwave machine is like, um, it's like an ultrasound machine on steroids. Like it's pretty, pretty beefy it's a great um kind of it uses sound energy to help tissues to heal and it is really really good for things that have got a lower blood supply so stuff like um plantar fascia tendons um kind of chronic tendinopathies and stuff like that um and it was off the back of your bachelor degree dissertation that we even started looking at the shockwave machine in the first place in the clinic because when we do an audit we can see that we have really good rates of um, patient outcomes for things like back pain, neck pain, shoulder pain. We're smashing all of these, getting really good patient outcomes. And then we get to like tennis elbow, golfer's elbow, Achilles tendonitis, and it would just like literally, it would drop off. It would be half as good at treating those injuries as we would do for something that was more muscular or more joint-based. And I think that's because those tissues like just have got a lower circulatory capacity they're harder to heal they can become chronic quite easily i know this is this is a really mean question now because it's asking you off the top of your head but can you remember you did your dissertation it was specifically about plantar fasciitis 
And what was it that you found out? Can you remember? Well, I did more mine more so on um, orthotics and the steroid injections. Yeah. Because that's what I looked at. Um, but a lot of the papers that I did read had good outcomes with shockwave therapy. And that's what made me obviously look into it a bit more and then speak to you about it. But yeah, really good outcomes. And um, they were saying, like, make it so that people are more pain free and then they can actually do the rehabilitation. Yeah. That's what helps with that. Definitely. We get patients who, especially with like Achilles and plantar problems, who they just, they can't even tolerate like the load. Mm. Um, so when you're trying to train that tissue up to take more load and you're talking about things that are like walking load, not yeah. even necessarily running, you start putting the load of running through tissues and it, it goes, can go wrong pretty drastically, pretty quickly. Yeah. <laughs> um, which I guess, should we start talking about gait analysis now then? Yeah. Seems like quite a good interjection. We'll mix it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't the original plan. <laughs> Um, do you want to talk about the running school a little bit? When we went down to London to the running school with Mike, yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed that. I learned a lot about my own running. Yeah, your analysis was really interesting. Yeah, I was like, actually, it was a bit maybe at one point because I thought I ran quite well. Do you know what I mean? Like when you don't really look at yourself run, you just think that you run well, and then someone's like critical, and they're like, oh, this, 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 and this is wrong. But then when you look at it, and then you think, oh, actually, well, that really helps me because I've had all these injuries in the past, and now it allows me to see why these yeah. injuries occurred. And like, I do a lot of strength training, and I stretch, and I foam roll, and then you just think, well, why do these injuries still occur? When I know what I know, and I, <laughs> they still seem to happen. And then obviously when he pointed out that certain things are wrong that really benefited me because now I can work on those and reduce my injury risk. It is incredible though, isn't it? Because you kind of look and think, well, we went down, there were five of us from yeah. the clinic who went down to um, Acton Rugby Club and studied with Mike. And the whole, the whole time we were going down there, we were like, out of the five of us, Lizzie is by far the most accomplished runner. Lizzie is by far the fastest. Lizzie is by far like the has the best endurance. She puts the most time into her training. You do all of the cross training, you swim, you strength train, you stretch, all all everything that yeah. you just said, you know the most about it. And yet to look at your gait, there were so there were so many small things yeah. that actually it wasn't like a massive effort for you to change mm -hmm. and improve on. How have you got on kind of with the ways that Mike taught you to change your running since then? Because I know like I've found it really difficult to implement. So the analysis that we had on the course, and then obviously like bringing those skills back into clinic. And I know that when I've been on the treadmill with you and you've then like reanalyzed me and you're like, oh, well, you're like doing this a little bit better. Yeah. And that's a little bit better. But really, I don't think I'm running frequently enough to... to mm, yeah, to ingrain into, it into your mind, yeah. to change the map, obviously. Yeah, yeah, so how are you getting on with changing your motor map of running? So when we say motor map, what we mean is your brain has got like a set of, they're almost like IKEA assembly instructions yeah. to how to run. 
and it'll kind of automatically try and revert to your most natural way of running even though there are better ways to run uh, because your natural way of running will have all of these little adaptations that you've picked up over the years or maybe like your thorax is a bit tight and it doesn't move or you don't move from the shoulder you don't move from the ankle and so we like work a funky way around to get a gate that we can run in and then we need to fix up that motor map so that it's as perfect as possible so that we can run faster and with fewer instances of injury so how are you getting on changing your motor map <laughs> okay it was hard at first more so do you remember the drill where you gave us with the arms yeah. that was the easiest thing to change so lizzie's arm it was it your left yeah arm? my left arm <laughs> was doing some kind of weird windmilling action when i run it which is not- causing the right leg to come over my midline and overstride and that's where all my injuries were coming from <laughs> so you're so, pretty wonky yeah <laughs> But yeah, I found that changing your arms has been the easiest. The thing that you taught us with the legs, you know, that leg drill. Yeah. Yeah, that's quite hard. But you just got to keep doing it. It's like a complete gait cycle as well, isn't it? I think we're so tempted to miss little bits out. Yeah. Like I was very much like a a tiptoe runner and I have really, really tight calves. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that really limits me when I'm running is... Um, I'll get numb feet. Yeah, and I never could work out like, oh, why is it that I get to five k and then I literally cannot feel my left foot? It's dead to me. Yeah, <laughs> it's not even there. And then obviously, like, very susceptible to things like ankle rolls on that side because mm-hmm. I can't feel the floor. I don't know where I'm putting that <laughs> foot. It like literally running around on a ghost foot. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't work it out and it's because my calf is so contracted the whole time it's actually cutting off the blood yeah. supply to my own foot <laughs> but at least you know now but now I know <laughs> now I know and I do try I try so hard yeah I've been trying so hard the last few weeks just to try and get it get it good uh, it just makes a massive massive difference mm. and then you think god like now I know what how silly I must have looked because once you know you start looking around at other runners yeah. in the park and you're like oh look at his like arms coming across his body yeah. it's no good he's wasting a lot of energy yeah. there so <laughs> like I'll say to Mark when we're running oh he's got a bit of contralateral hip drop there I bet he's got a bit of planter and a few calf issues going on <laughs> so basically studying and becoming a sports therapist has meant that you'll never be the same again yeah you literally. can't even enjoy going to the park now <laughs> No, I just have to analyse everyone who's running. <laughs> I mean, but what a gift. <laughs> yeah, true. And true. we're doing more and more of this gait analysis in clinic now. And I think yeah. the, the more we do it, the more accomplished we get at recognising gait patterns yeah. and and taking that back into the treatment room. I mean, we're, we're recording this today in our rehab gym, so it's very appropriate. Indeed. So the acoustics might be a little bit echoey Yeah, recording, <laughs> but... Um, yeah it's like inspiring though isn't it because you can see just like one appointment to the next if you get that patient back on the treadmill the difference that the analysis can make Mm. and even just those like few pointers can really change somebody's gait and allow them to run faster just by changing your arms that little just that little thing and that can you know 
make you run quicker. So, yeah. So much wasted energy mm. in the arms. So much wasted energy. And, like, wasted directional energy as well. If you're losing um, energy to rotation or your elbows are really flaring out, yeah. that none of that's driving you forward. Mm. And that's the thing, isn't it? Running exactly. Is like, just got to keep moving forward. Move forward, yeah. <laughs> and the faster, the better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, talking about speed. Yeah. Obviously rapidly now approaching the london marathon which has been rescheduled because of the vid i don't know how many times too many well i think it was it going to be originally october last year then it they cancelled so it was april then it was october then it was april again and now it's october so four times yeah and i've been talking to patients who are entered in it at the moment and they're saying that um there's no bag dropper. No. At the start. That's going to be a hard race to run. I'm lucky because I've got Mark. Yeah. But you've got to take your bag to the Excel place when you register. And I wasn't going to take one. And then they're like, but we're going to put your medal in it. And I'm like, right, okay. So oh, now so I need you to don't take, take one. A bag, you don't get a medal. No, because you <gasps> won't have a bag for them to put a medal in. Oh, boo. So they send you a bag in the post, a special bag. Oh. You take that bag to the Excel. And then they'll put your medal and whatever else you get at the end in it. So then obviously it's quick and easy. They can just give you that and then you go. Oh my God. Kind of thing, yeah. Just when I thought the logistics of a marathon <laughs> could not be any more complicated. That's insane. That and we don't know about start times and things because who knows what's happening. They don't tell us anything till probably the week before. <laughs> well, we've all become very adept at yeah. living in uncertainty over the last 18 months and I'm sure you'll cope but it will make getting into that race like a little bit more difficult I think maybe in terms of mindset do you yeah think? I'm looking forward to it <laughs> yeah. well it's your first it's your first marathon yes it's important to stress isn't yeah it, is it? So yeah what kind of training program have you been following uh, I don't really follow a program specifically I've, because I've run for so long and I'm surrounded by lots of runners from the running club and that kind of stuff. I kind of do whatever the running club are doing on a Tuesday. Then I'll try and... What club is that? Name drop your club, Lizzie. Birchfield Harriers. Birchfield Harriers, hello. <laughs> but I also do a bit of training with the Aldridge Running Club. Oh. They're a good group um, as well because they're just down the road from me yeah i've actually got a few patients from the aldridge club oh, there you they go good. yeah so my training is basically and then i train with mark on a thursday we do a bit of a longer run and then saturday and sunday is either like park run on saturday and then it's just a long run on the sunday really so at the moment i've done 20 miles last sunday and then i've got 22 miles this sunday coming and then another 22 and then it'll taper back down then so we'll go i'm doing the stafford half marathon so I'll do that in my shoes that I want to wear for the London Marathon. Yeah. And so just on the point of shoes yeah. quickly, any advice to people running in London, ergo their shoes? Mm, just wear what's comfortable. And don't start a new pair on the no, day. No, because you don't know whether they're going to cause blisters and things. That's why I'm actually doing, because the ones that I'm going to do the marathon in are quite new. Mm. and because they were expensive I don't wear them very often what have you gone for the alpha flies Nike oh. yeah so oh, nice. I keep them in a little box and I just look at them <laughs> and they'll come out <laughs> they're gonna come out for Stafford Half 
and then what? I'll bring them out for the marathon. <laughs> what colourway did you get? Uh, I just got the black ones with the green tick. Oh, yeah. classic. Because yeah. I had them literally the day they came out. I bought those trainers. Well, actually, Mark bought them for me. But... So, wow, that's kind. <laughs> yeah. I've been lurking in the wardrobe. Yeah. Precious ever since. Yeah, and because obviously there were no races or anything going on, I haven't had a chance to use don't them anyway. Waste, don't waste them on training. Oh, don't I know. Junk no, I wouldn't. shoes like that. Indefinitely not. <laughs> So, yeah, I'll do Stafford Half Marathon in them. I'm planning to do it at my marathon pace just to see how it feels. Mm. Yeah, and then it'll just be a 10-miler the week before, and then that'll be it. Just a couple of easy runs on that week leading up to the marathon. So just tapering, getting ready. And what about, what are the other kind of pointers that you think would be important for first-time marathon runners? Nutrition, rest... Making sure, obviously, you rest. Um, Nutrition-wise, for the day, make sure that you've already practised what you're going to use because you don't want anything new on the day because that could cause you to get a bad stomach. Yeah, and I think you've probably got so much adrenaline in your body. Digestion's really, really difficult. Of course. So if you're... Yeah, you have to be almost practiced at eating and digesting and getting food through your system in a more stressful yeah. environment. So definitely have used what you're going to use in training, like you've used it in training, ready for the day, mm. so that your body's used to it. It's a big physical challenge. Mm-hmm. And I think like whatever kind of exercise you're doing, you have to time out your food and, and drink appropriately. Yeah. Like I... I'll go training quite early in the morning sometimes and I don't eat before I go and sometimes I think oh would I do better if I had something before I go and then I just think no because I don't really see it again <laughs> I tend to get up an hour earlier so I can eat something but I not so up at like 4 I know. bloody hell <laughs> but not, not so much if it's just a short session yeah. Or if I'm just going into the gym to do a bit of strength work. It's that endurance, isn't it, over a yeah. few hours? You You've got to eat breakfast if you're going out, doing over 90 minutes, definitely. Yeah. I don't see how else you would get through it, to be perfectly honest. No. Just, just complete, like, it's all in the metabolism, isn't mm-hmm. it? And some people are kind of cut out for that, maybe better than others. I know, like, when you came back from the half Ironman in Stafford, you said that nutrition had been a problem for you yeah. that day. What, like, how did it all go wrong? Just more so, I think, because of the heat. It was 32 degrees. <laughs> you were insane. So <laughs> Lizzie, Lizzie obviously works in the clinic with me, and so does Lizzie's sister, Sam Waters, who you will be hearing from on this series of Healthy Midlands podcasts. <laughs> Um, and she is a podiatrist and like from what I can understand from Sam like quite a reluctant half iron man entrant <laughs> she got through it though she doesn't like the swimming mm. not big on the swim is she no open water scares her so. <laughs> just on the record yeah. open water frightens Sam Waters <laughs> yeah <laughs> um because she's more into the cycling, kind of took the nutrition on a little bit better. Maybe, yeah. yeah. I don't know. For me, I just found it really hard. I thought that I drank enough water, but I don't know. You're just constantly dehydrated when it that when it's that hot. Yeah. Yeah. There's no getting around that. Yeah. I think but it was really just the heat that made it so bad. Yeah. 
there were quite a lot of people who dropped out of the yeah. race as well, weren't there, because of the conditions. Not you two, though. I had to get through. <laughs> that was all I was thinking of was that medal at the end. Oh. <laughs> and Mark would have killed me if I dropped out. <laughs> Murdered. <laughs> yeah. How could you? <laughs> Bring shame onto your triathlete household. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So I was making it to the end, no matter what. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So I think, Ben, the thing to say, Lizzie, is uh, the benefits of gait analysis, literally unquantifiable for runners. Yeah. No matter what the level, if you're first getting into running and you want to avoid having bad habits form in the first place, or even if you are so accomplished that you can do a half iron man in 32 degree heat <laughs> there's still benefits, benefits yeah, yeah definitely and um i think the the last thing then to say is very best of luck in the london marathon and i'm Thank sure you. um we'll be able to sneak a little update into the podcast for curious listeners who of want course. to know how you get on <laughs> yeah <laughs> But uh, yeah, thank you so much for coming and spending a little bit of time with me today to talk about running. And yep. um, if listeners want to find you and they're in the West Midlands area, they can on Instagram. Is it EW Sports Therapy? Yeah. For Elizabeth Waters Sports Therapy directly. Um, or you can find Lizzie obviously on the Ebrook Osteopathy website, which is ebrookosteopathy.co.uk. Uh, and if you'd like to book with Lizzie at either our Sutton Coldfield or our Litchfield Clinic, you can find her on our booking page for sports therapy, which is sports massage, rehabilitation, all your sports therapy needs, and of course, the runner's gait analysis. Yes. Right? Cheers, yes. Lizzie. No problem. Thanks for listening to the Healthy Midlands podcast. Make sure to hit the follow button so that you can be the first to know when the next episode is up. Leave a review or share this podcast with a friend if you found it useful. And for more, come and find us on Instagram at Healthy Midlands. <laughs>